I'm not going to deliver a message or a talk. I came to preach this morning. (laughs) I came to exalt Jesus this morning, and I came ready to rock and roll and teach you guys about the Holy Spirit this morning. And I am excited, very excited to do that. And so if you want to look in your Bibles, John chapter 14, verse 16 through 7, we are going to start off there, but we're going to continue on. This is Pentecost Sunday. What are we celebrating? Two things. The birth of the Holy, the, the birth of the church, the inception, the beginning of the church, and we are also celebrating the Holy Spirit coming down, the counselor being sent from above to his church. And I want to talk to you about what that does to the church. How did that, how did that change? How did that shift? How did it make available for us, the church of Jesus, to be able to move forward? So, I want to talk to you about the reality this morning and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I strongly and firmly believe that God wants to empower believers to lead a supernatural life. And let me just tell you something. As we talk about the Spirit this morning, I just want to share with you. As a kid, I didn't understand anything about the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the church that I went to, when we talked about the Trinity, there was the Father, the Son, and not the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Ghost. And that just freaked me out a little bit, right? See, I understood the father because I had one and the father has to have a son and that makes sense to me. But this whole Holy Ghost thing was really, really eerie to me. The Holy Ghost scared me. It was a lot like the guy that lived under my bed at night. You know what I mean? The one who lives in the closet as well. I don't know if you, any of you had one of those, but in my mind when I went to bed as a little kid, there was a guy that was under my bed. And if I left my hand or foot hanging over the edge, he'd grab it and pull me under the bed. And I know that that's weird. Anybody have that guy living under your bed? Yep. A turtle. There you go. <laughs> See, a few of you, isn't it? So it's, it's weird to have the guy living under your bed. And it was the same thing with the Holy Ghost for me. I didn't understand it. But today as I study scripture, what I find is that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And it's absolutely and completely necessary and essential to live the life that God wants us to live as followers of Christ. See, God wants to fill his children with his spirit so that we can live supernatural life pleasing to God at all times, always. So I want to look at a few words of Jesus as he was preparing to leave his disciples to give his life on the cross and then to be raised to heaven. So this is what Jesus says, John chapter 14 verses 16 through 17. And he said this, and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor. Let me just point out something. When have you ever seen in the English language, counselor, capital C, when it's used in the middle of the sentence, it is denoting a divinity to that capital C to be with you forever. So who is he? Verse 17 says he is the what? Say it out loud. He is the spirit of truth. The counselor is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says the world cannot accept him because it neither what? It neither sees him nor knows him. But to his disciples, Jesus said, you know him. For he what? He lives with you and he will be what? He will be in you. These words of Jesus, they teach us a lot about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Let me just stop that. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. 
He is a person. He is the third part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not a gut feeling or an it. It is actually the person of God. The Holy Spirit is a person. Second, we understand that people who are not believers simply will not understand the Holy Spirit. They can't see him. The things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. So for those of you who are not followers of Jesus, you may be going, you know, this all sounds a little bit wacko to me. Well, it is if you haven't been born of the Spirit of God. And Jesus went on to say, and he said this, not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, but here's what's amazing. The Holy Spirit of God will be inside of you. Now, I want you to understand what that means this morning. That means if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, the very same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, lives inside of you. The miracle of the power of the Spirit of God dwells within the believer. That way you can talk to God so that you can hear from God, so that you can have the power of God. If you are a spirit-filled follower of Jesus, you're no longer a natural person. You are filled with the supernatural power of God. For me growing up, I always thought to myself, if I could just have Jesus with me like the disciples did, I would just think of how cool that would be. Imagine if I'm walking along with Jesus and something goes wrong. Jesus could go poof, and it's all good again. And I mean, that would be amazing if we were low on food and we only had one Twinkie and 5,000 people. Jesus could do his God stuff and go poof, and we could have Twinkies for everyone, right? It'd just be amazing to have Jesus. If I was about to sin and do something wrong and Jesus looked at me, I don't think I'm going to do the wrong thing because Jesus is with me. And I'm like, I don't think I'm, I'm going to do this wrong thing because, you know, Jesus is right next to me. How could it get ever, how could it get any better than that? Jesus shows us that it can get better than that. It's better if he goes away. And the Spirit comes. Because the Spirit would not just be with you, but he would be in you. Look at the words of Jesus. He said it in this way in John chapter 16, verse 7. He said, but it is actually what? And, and, I, and I want you to, if you're, if you're on that verse, John 16, verse 7. And he says this, but it is actually, it is actually best for you that I go away because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. Scripture says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. He's the counselor. He's your guide. He is your comforter. He is the one who will give you power to fulfill whatever God has called you to do in your life. And so I want to take a look at five things this morning that the Holy Spirit will give you power to do in the name of God. The very first thing, the Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. Let's start there. What happens? The Spirit of God draws you to Jesus. You're supernaturally drawn to Christ. And then God can save you miraculously because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. A good example of this played out. Jesus was having a Pharisee buddy. And he was talking to him, and this Pharisee sneaks out in the middle of the night, and he comes to see Jesus, and Jesus says, Jesus, you know, you're amazing. You did all these miracles. You've got to be of God. And Jesus goes on to say, hang on. First, you need to be born again before you can understand any of these things. 
Nicodemus says, well, well, what are you talking about? Born again. How can I go back into my mother's womb? That's weird. I'm grown up. I can't do that. Jesus goes back on to respond to him this way. In John chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. He answers, now I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. In other words, your mom gave you physical birth and life, but your heavenly father will give you spiritual birth and life. You can be spiritually born anew. When you invite Christ to be the savior and the Lord of your life, your sin is gone. It is cast away. The Holy Spirit fills you completely. The Holy Spirit transforms you. And now you can please God because you've spiritually been born anew. Now, some people will say this, well, how do I know that I am really a, belong to God? How do I know if I'm really his? How do you know if you belong to the heavenly father? He tells you. He tells you through his spirit, speaking to your spirit. Scripture says it this way, Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the spirit himself, God's Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The power of the Holy Spirit leads us to to salvation. And as we are spiritually born anew, the Holy Spirit of God says, you're mine. You're absolutely mine. You're my child. And you have this deep sense of spiritual assurance. I belong to God now. See, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do many things. When the Holy Spirit comes, he'll give you power. He'll give you power to do all sorts of things. The Holy Spirit will give you power to walk in God's will. When you don't know where to go, when you don't know what to say, when you don't know how you're going to make it through the day, the Holy Spirit will do something in you. He will guide you and he will lead you to walk within the will of God. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 14, verse 26. Jesus says, but the counselor, now who's that? The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will do what? He will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I've said to you. So just imagine that. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. The Holy Spirit is your guide. And the Holy Spirit leads you to walk within the will of God. The power of the Holy Spirit moves into you. He'll be your counselor. He'll be your guide. He will enable you and empower your walk into the will of God. So let's say you're somewhere and you don't know what to do. And you pray and you listen and the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Or maybe you're in a situation. You're just walking by someone. And the Holy Spirit leads you to go and to reach out to that person. Or maybe you're in the middle of a conversation And you don't know what to say. And you listen and the Holy Spirit gives you words to say. How does he do this? Because it's God speaking to you. Because it's God leading you to walk in his will. He's your guide. He's your counselor. You can be led by the spirit of God as he empowers you to walk in his will. It's a lot like this. So when you know Christ and you're filled with the spirit, he'll guide you. He'll lead you step by step. You see, you, you're led. Not by your own faults, not by your own desires, but 
you're led by the voice of the Spirit of God. It's almost as if the Spirit says to you many times, you ever seen the movie Pinocchio? Pinocchio has this little friend, it's this little cricket called Jiminy Cricket, and he is the conscience of Pinocchio, and he speaks to Pinocchio every once in a while. Think about that. Stop. Don't go there. Take a step this way. And he'll follow you step by step, the Spirit of God. Duck, there's something dangerous there. Watch out, you're out of God's will. Wait a minute, there's a person who needs you to reach out to them. There's a person that needs encouragement. You see that person over there? They need prayer. Stop and pray for them. Give something away. It's step by step you follow the Spirit of God. He leads you to walk in God's will. In fact, Jesus said it this way, John 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to walk in God's will. Stand up straight. Smile. You got to make it through the day. You don't want to get up. It's a depressing situation, but rise up in the name of the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, church. The Holy Spirit, he will come. He will give you power. He'll give you the power of salvation. He'll draw you to Christ. He'll give you the power to walk in God's will. And a third thing, if you're taking notes, is this. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to share Christ boldly. He'll give you the power, the wisdom, the words to share Christ boldly. Some of you may be like a lot of people I know. You really get nervous and intimidated when you're trying to talk to somebody else about spiritual things. After all, it is just not the right thing to do in our culture, right? Our culture seems to be totally against hearing anything as it relates to spirituality and faith. That's just a personal thing. It's an individual thing. Let me tell you something. It will not be a personal thing on the day of judgment when people will have to face the judgment of God and will be crying out to God and will be crying out to you saying, why didn't you share it? If you knew about it, if you knew something that could save my life, if you knew something that could give me peace, if you knew something that could give me eternity, why wouldn't you share this with me? He'll give you that power to share. You think, well, I'd I'd like to reach out to them, but I don't know what to say. Or I may mess it up. They may ask me a question that I won't know the answer to. They may ask me something in the Bible, about the Bible, and I may be clueless. And so rather than sharing Christ, we often hold back. Understand this. As a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will give you the power to share the good news. He'll give you the power to share the love of Jesus very, very boldly. Even the Apostle Paul knew this. He was a little insecure about some of his preaching. The Apostle Paul, the great Saint Paul, insecure about his preaching? Yes. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5, he said this. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. But instead they were with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. In other words, he said, my abilities weren't that great. I'm not an incredible speaker. But when I opened my mouth, the Holy Spirit came and he did what only the Holy Spirit could do. See, that's what I love about preaching. I love preaching. See, I'm not that good. But right now the Holy Spirit will say things to you that I'm not even saying to you. I'll say something and then the Holy Spirit comes and he'll personalize it to you. And you may walk out of this service going, God spoke to me. Why did God, did the pastor know? Was he listening to what was going on? Did he see what was going on in my house? No, 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 no. It 
wasn't the pastor. Why? Because the Holy Spirit did speak to you. It was God speaking to you. He will say things to you that don't even come out of my mouth because the Holy Spirit personalizes this message to your life. The same goes when you're going to share Christ with someone. You may think, I don't know what to say. I'm nervous. And all of a sudden, God just comes on you. And you just have this boldness and you just start sharing. They might ask you a question and you might think, I don't know how to respond. The next thing you know, you're quoting some Bible verse that you couldn't even remember. It's coming out of your mouth. And you're going, well, where did that come from? I didn't even know I knew that verse. The Holy Spirit prompts you. He's guiding you. He's giving you divine boldness. There's another great example of this in Scripture. When Peter and John were released from the Sanhedrin, this is the Jewish high council. Think about this as the governing folks that were there in this time when Peter and Paul were preaching. They went back to a little place with some of their buddies to pray. And this is what the scripture says, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. I just want you to think about this. God showed up supernaturally and literally, literally, this is not a metaphor, literally shakes the building that they're in. Scripture says, and they were filled with what? With the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God boldly. They spoke it boldly as God empowered them. Not by their own knowledge. Not by their own persuasive words. But by the Holy Spirit of God. So what, what does he do? The Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. He gives you the power to walk in God's will. And he gives you the power to share Christ boldly. The Holy Spirit also gives you the power to live a holy life. When the forces of darkness want to tempt you into a sinful lifestyle, the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to live a holy life. In fact, Scripture says it this way, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. For those who are controlled by the Spirit, by the Spirit, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. Before a person knows Christ, it's so easy to be dominated by sinful thoughts. Go ahead and lose your cool. Go ahead and yell at that person. Go ahead and scream at your head. Go ahead and think that lustful thought. Go ahead and be bitter. Go ahead and be jealous. Because without the Holy Spirit, we're vulnerable to temptation from the evil one. But when we know Christ, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. His Spirit gives us the power to live a Holy Spirit a holy life. His spirit renews our mind and we start to think about the things that please him instead of the desires of our fleshly nature. Scriptures go on to say this in verse 6. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if what? But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Will you be controlled by the spirit or will you be controlled by your sinful mind? Think about it this way. Before you were a Christ follower, sinning could be a lot of fun. If anybody tells you that sitting is not fun, then they're lying. Sitting could be a lot of fun when you're in the world. It can be a total blast. But once you're a follower of Christ filled with the Holy Spirit, sinning just is no longer fun. It makes you feel miserable. There's a guilt that comes over you. You may even want to enjoy it, but all of a sudden you begin to feel convicted. You feel, I shouldn't be doing this. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is giving you the power, convicting, convicting your life so that you can lead a holy life. In fact, before you know Christ, it's almost impossible to step out of some sin. Why? Because there's a spiritual battle going on. 
the forces of darkness against the forces of light. And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will show you the way out. There's always a way out of your sin when you follow the Holy Spirit. What else does the Holy Spirit do? Galatians chapter 5 says we have fruits of the Spirit. What are they? They're love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It gives you the power to give a whole, it gives you the power to lead a holy life. Scripture says it this way, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 17. So I advise you, live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17 says this, the old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. These two forces, what are they doing? These two forces are constantly battling each other. And your choices are never free from this conflict. There will always be a battle for you. There is a battle that occurs for your life. There are demons and the forces of darkness that would love for you to do things the devil's way. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to do things God's way. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to make a difference with spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, when he fills you, he'll give you certain spiritual gifts. Gifts that you, you don't have the power to do on your own. They're from him. They're directly from God. They are spiritual gifts that will empower you to make a difference in this world. In fact, here is how the word of God says it. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4. But God also testified to it by signs and wonders and miracles and by what? And by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. God will give you certain gifts, certain abilities that are from and by his Holy Spirit. In fact, if you want to jot this down in your notes, there's a couple of places that you can look. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or in Romans chapter 12, you can see different lists of the gifts of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will give you different gifts. What are some examples? Scripture says that he gives some folks words of wisdom. You may have supernatural wisdom because it's what God has given to you. You have supernatural wisdom because God has given it to you. You may get receive the gift of discernment of spirits. You can discern certain things about people or places and you don't understand why. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have the gift of the prophecy. You can call things out even before they're there. Some of you have been given the gift of giving. You just give generously. It doesn't hurt a bit. It's just what you love to do. You love to see God's kingdom come. Some of you have the gift of speaking in other tongues. Some have the gift of interpreting tongues. Some have the gift of serving. They just love to serve. You're good at serving. You're blessed by serving. You don't want to be a leader. That doesn't interest you. You just want to serve. You want to make a difference by serving. Some of you, you have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Whenever someone else is down, they love to hear from you. Because you love to lift them up. Just being you makes them feel better. Some have the gift of administration. You just love administering, leading, and organizing things and managing things. Some have the gift of evangelism. You just can lead people to Christ. It is just something naturally. That's not something that we shouldn't all do. 
But it's just that there's some folks that are just particularly gifted in this area. Some have the spiritual gift of mercy. You're just. When someone else hurts, you feel with them. Unfortunately, when God was giving out mercy, he skipped right over me. It's crazy, you know, I'll go and see someone in the hospital. I just, sometimes I have no mercy. <laughs> sometimes I look at folks when I visit them in the hospital, and I'm like, oh, man, you, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, the gift of mercy just, just totally skipped over me. I just want to share with you about a particular spiritual gift that I have. I, I don't know. I can't explain it I, I, at all. I don't understand this at all, but I know that it's God's work in me. I can recognize people who are called into vocational ministry. I can recognize when people are called into vocational ministry. I don't know why, but I'll see people, and I'll just look at them, and it's almost as if it's written on their forehead that God is calling them to serve in some sort of full-time ministry service to him. So you have gifts like that. They may be a little bit less eerie, or they just may be as natural as serving, but it is a gift that God gave you to use in his church. And understand this, if this church is your home, and you've got a gift and you're not using it, then there is something that God wants to be done that's not being done in this church. He's gifted you with his spiritual gifts to make a difference in his church and in the world. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. That includes you. Why? It's a means of doing what? Of helping build the church. God's Holy Spirit will come. He'll give you power. So let's talk about two pieces of spirit-filled advice before we begin to wrap it up. Let me just aside for a moment. Spiritual gifts Maybe you see them function and you think they're eerie and they're weird. They're not weird. It is, here's how I would describe the use of the spiritual gifts. They are supernaturally natural. You may look at somebody, I, God has used me before to give folks words of knowledge. I don't know anything about their life and I just feel the Holy Spirit just prompting me to share with them something. And it's on point. I didn't somehow feel the, the, uh, there was wind blowing all around me and fire came down upon my head. I, I just wasn't feeling that way. It was just something that was, it, it was natural. It's almost like I didn't understand from where it came from. And that's so that you can not boast in yourself because it doesn't come out of you. You didn't somehow earn it. This is not the Boy Scout badge of spiritual gifts. This is God working in and through you, not even for you, but for someone else to serve his church. First, give, first advice that I have for you, whatever you do, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the direction and the voice of the Holy Spirit of God. Things will not go well with you. And you say, Pastor Tom, well, how can I resist the Spirit? Well, those of you who are believers, you'll know there are times when somehow you know the Spirit is prompting you to do something. It's speaking to you. You feel deep within this, that this is God's spiritual direction. You can't explain it just like I can't explain some of my gifts, but you just know it, that God, you believe that God wants you to do this. 
And at that moment, you have a choice. You can obey the prompting of the Spirit, or you can say, ah, that probably wasn't a God, and I don't want to do it anyway. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. In fact, when Stephen in the New Testament, he's the first martyr of the church, was giving his famous speech before he was stoned by some religious leaders, he was going off on them. You could see why he got stoned. Acts chapter 7, verse 51, he said this, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears. You're just like your fathers. You always do what? You always resist the Holy Spirit. That's Stephen's dying words right before he gets stoned. That's what he says. If you continue to resist the Holy Spirit, you could actually hurt his feelings. That may sound foolish to you, but I assure you, grieving the Holy Spirit is not something you want to do. Did you know that? Scripture says that you could grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you could actually quench the Holy Spirit. Like pouring water on top of a fire. What happens when you pour water on top of a fire? It gets extinguished. If you resist the Holy Spirit enough, one day you're going to wake up and go, why am I not sensing God's presence in my life anymore? Because you've resisted him. Because you've grieved him. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. The second piece of advice that I have for you this morning, whatever you do, be filled. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead be what? Instead be filled with the Spirit of God. What does alcohol do to you if you drink enough of it? It makes you drunk. It makes you weird. It makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. It takes control over you. Don't let some substance control you. Instead, be so filled with the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God controls you, that you begin to hear from him, that he begins to lead you, that he begins to guide you, that he begins to correct you, that he begins to convict you, that as you are walking along, you can sense God is saying, do this, do that, reach out there, obey him, glorify him. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith as the Spirit speaks to us, as the Spirit guides us, as the Spirit empowers us, and as the Spirit leads us. We are living the spirit-filled life. God gives us the words to say. God moves us in directions. We follow his voice. He gives us the power. Then he gives us the ability. He gives us the discernment. He gives us the direction. He gives us the ability to do what he called us to do. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll give you the power to please God in every single way. May that be so with all of us. As we pray and invite the Holy Spirit to do his perfect work in our life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. God, may you fill us with your Holy Spirit. That we could please you always. That we could be empowered by you in everything that you call us to do in our lives. Holy Spirit, come. There are many of you this morning that, that you say, well, I'm not feeling those things that you described, Pastor Tom, in my life. I have lost the sense of God's presence in my life. Some of you have a decision to make and you don't know what to do. 
The Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor this morning. He wants to be your guide. Some of you have people that you love that don't know Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants you. He wants to give you the power to share Jesus boldly with them. Some of you right now, you're trapped in some sort of sin. And even though I didn't mention it today, maybe the Holy Spirit mentioned it to you. And you're convicted. And you want to get out of something that's binding you. But you're not good enough or strong enough to get out on your own. Some of you, you've resisted the Holy Spirit so long that you don't even sense the Spirit of God speaking to you anymore. Your prayer may be, Holy Spirit, forgive me. Fill me, I'll follow your voice again. Those who would say, you know what? I recognize I've been trying too much to, too much of my life apart from the Spirit of God. I want the Holy Spirit to do everything that God wants him to do in my life. So I pray, Holy Spirit, fill you, that you may perfectly please God in all that you do. If you need that prayer this morning, I'm going to invite you to these altars, to this stage. Come forward. We have a team of folks that want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit may want to fill you. Maybe there's a spiritual gift in your life that you're not even aware of. He wants to fill you. We can't do it all alone. We want the Spirit of God to guide us. We want the Spirit of Jesus to lead us. For some of you, you say, I don't know about this Jesus thing. I've never committed to him. I've never known him as the savior of my life. The spirit of God wants to talk to you. He's reaching out to you this morning. He wants you to commit to the cross of Christ. To following Jesus as your Lord and savior. To commit to being grounded in a place where you could learn, where you could be shepherded, where you could have brothers and sisters of like faith that could help you move forward in your life. I'm calling you forward. I want to enter into a time of worship on this Pentecost Sunday. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something great in this place. That as the fire fell upon the apostles and as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I pray that that would fall fresh anew us this morning. That the fullness of all that God desires and wants for your life would fall upon you as a flame over your heart. We're calling you forward to these altars. There's a prayer team that's just waiting for you here at these altars. They want to pray for you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.